0: Like, here's the thing. I don't listen to music by men anymore. I don't read books by men anymore. (laughs) I'm done with men. Sarah Dessen's character
1: cameos. Yes. And there are some really, really good ones. I can't wait to dive Mm -hmm. into all of them this week. Like so many good ones.
0: So many. My name is Michael Lan. And with me, as always, is Bethany. Bethany, how are you? How is Ed Sheeran? Um,
1: Ed Sheeran was amazing. It was honestly such a great weekend. Uh, started off by my mom coming into town. We saw Barbie, and it was an 11 out of 10 no notes. Mm. At first, I said 10 out of 10, but the more I think about it and the more I want to go see it again, it's an 11 out of 10 no notes, fantastic film. It seems like everyone in America has already seen it, but if you haven't, please go see it. It was really great. I haven't. It's, you need to go see it. It's going to be – I can't wait to discuss it with you. You're going to uh, – I'm, like, trying to think of the scenes you're going to love most, and I have, like, a ranking of scenes that I think you're going to, like, text <laughs> me about after you finish it because you're going to love it. So that was great. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Then we went and saw my boy Ed. It was so great. So this is how, like, lame me and my mom are. Like, this is how much, like, we love Ed Sheeran. So this is the third time I've seen him live with my mom. I've seen him five times live in total now. And I'll be seeing him a sixth time very, very shortly. Um, I'm not done with my Ed shows yet. Got another one coming in a couple of weeks. Very excited. But we haven't seen him in a few years because he just hasn't toured. Pandemic. You know, he was off having kids, living his life. I really respect that. And I respect time off. We love that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I haven't seen him live in five years, and he does this whole bit at the beginning because he now does tour with a band for a few songs, but most of his show it's just him, right? So he's out there with a loop pedal and a microphone and a guitar, and he does the damn thing. So he always says this whole spiel at the beginning about the loop pedal, and to explain to you like some people think he's like playing with a backing track and they're not getting live music, but you are, and he explains to you like how he does it, and he deletes the loop every night from each show, starts a new loop the next show, yada, yada, yada. So he does this whole spiel about it. And my mom and I literally both turned to each other. We're like, loop pedal spiel when he started. And I was like, wow, you know, you know you're know, you an Ed Sheeran fan when you get excited for him to tell his loops pedal spiel. Also, this lady next to me laughed at me because – and I'm excited to see him in Minnesota for this reason. Well, I'm excited just anyways because I, I love watching him perform live. But he does photograph live differently than he does on the, on the studio album, and I – Love the song Photograph, but I love, love, love it live. That and Bloodstream. I think live is just like an entirely different experience. Like it's such a good song live. Both of those songs, and this tour in Nashville, anyways. Photograph live, he did not do the whole extended version. And I literally turned to my mom and I was like, "That's not the same. It's not the same as he's done it before." And the lady next to me like, like laughed because she clearly was like, "This girl's on a different level." and um so i was like yes ma'am i am i'm, I'm like I'm very into seeing this man live so um anyways he did add two songs though at the nashville show because like nashville's very special to him he lived there for a while he wrote a lot of music there so he wanted to, to play a couple songs they hasn't been playing on tour which anytime I swear to God, y'all, anytime, if you ever want to go to an Ed Sheeran show and get something special, go with me because I swear to God, we have a connection. Anytime I go, he performs something that he doesn't perform like the rest of the tour. Like it's, I I don't know. I'm thankful. Thank you, Ed, for doing that for me. But I swear to God, it happens every time. And at least once a tour, because they usually seem twice a tour and once a tour it would, that I go. Sometimes both shows, I get special songs. Last tour, Tampa and in Buenos Aires, they were special songs. He did not perform the rest of the tour. Those were the two shows that I were out. I'm just saying, is there a connection? Yes. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up because <laughs> this here and spiel is getting long. But he performed these two extra songs. And so I said to my mom, he's been performing 25 show, twenty-five songs on average a show and then naturally performed 27. So I'm curious if he cut Photograph short because he knew that he was going to have extra time playing those songs. So I will report back, everyone, after Minnesota, if Photograph is the long version or the short version. So we'll just see if this is something he's doing this tour or if that was just a weird fluke that night. Um... That's in my dissertation on Ed Sheeran. Hope y'all enjoyed. Mike Land, you went to your parents' vow renewal. How was that for you?
0: <laughs> that was like the most neurodivergent yeah. person thing ever. That You're a like concept.
1: so she for 27 shows.
0: Socks, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm excited for the update. Deets. Honestly, I
1: know the deed. So I mean, what can I? What can I say? Yeah, our <laughs> our um. I swear to God, I'm gonna stop talking about this, but our section we had a, a, like amazing seats they were really really good honestly but our section not everyone there are some people that are really into it. oh also khalid is fantastic live i knew a few of his songs but i obviously have not really seen him perform live he is so like charismatic and like he just has a wonderful smile and his whole band is just like up there smiling and it was like good vibes and he like did excellent crowd work so also shout out to khalid who will never listen to this podcast you were great and i'm glad you recovered from your car accident we were worried about you but anywho um one more thing which was that again as you just heard my entire nerdy breakdown about how much i love ed sheeran live and the weird stats i know and i know how he performs certain songs live and yada yada yeah my section was not that section um it was definitely the section that knows like thinking out loud and perfect and they were kind of deads, so and they all like stood there and were just like, oh, and I'm like, sing along. All right, guys, come on. And then I'm like, I'm the only one who sang along to like every song I think in my section. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> I had a good time.
0: Whatever. <laughs> That's all that matters.
1: Exactly. But yeah, how was how was the <sighs> fam? How was Boston for like the umpteenth time this year? <laughs> you can't escape Oh, my it. God.
0: I literally told them, I was like, don't ask me to come <laughs> back here until christmas because it's, not, <laughs> it's happening. not happening it's gonna be it's a while. <laughs> not happening um but it was good to see the fam my oldest niece is moving into college in just a few weeks oh,
1: so I'm so excited that was
0: exciting um and it's always good to see the babies uh, none of them are babies but
1: they're babies anymore in your heart forever. but they'll
0: they're my babies exactly um so I love seeing them spend some time with my sister. That was nice. And yeah, that's basically it. And then I flew back and I was like, I'm not getting on another airplane. Seriously. Like, Your miles have me. got
1: to be great after like this summer. Like these last few months, the amount of flying you've done.
0: <laughs> oh my God, you would think. But I have to keep taking different airlines because. Uh,
1: yeah, that sucks. You could get the one. I I saw this man. This has nothing to do with anything, but just speaking of airline miles and traveling, this man, this post came up and it was actually from the Boston Globe because his last Amtrak was from Boston to Brunswick, Maine. Apparently, he has now, as of like this past weekend, done all like Amtrak. Like any possible trip you could take in the United States on Amtrak. He was 84 years old. He looks precious. He wore like a full suit and bow tie to do it. They made an announcement for him when they arrived in Brunswick that he had done it. It was very adorable. And I was like, oh my god, that man has goals. I wish that our rail system was better in America and that it wasn't just the shitty Amtrak uh, tracks that we have. But I love his love for trains and that he is now like been everywhere that you possibly can on a train in the United States of America. So respect to you, sir. <laughs> I love that. That's Aww, really cute. little train That's guy. So Little train guy. Little train guy. It's like Walt Disney, but not rich. So cute. <laughs> yeah,
0: Walt Disney, but hopefully not a union buster. Yeah,
1: I would like to hope not. He seemed that little bow tie told me that he would like unions. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I? I learned. I completed the full Barbenheimer uh mission I guess of the summer to see both films I, I did see Oppenheimer yesterday was not nearly as excited for that one as um Barbie gotta say but it was good I did like I liked it um it's obviously a problematic film because it's about you know yeah. the atomic bomb and the guy who like made it and didn't touch I feel like nearly enough on the consequences of that like it did I'm not going to say it didn't touch on the consequences of that and, like, why it was not a good thing. And and I will say, like, I talked to my mom after it when I saw it yesterday, and I was like, you know, I will say, like, at no point is the USA painted in a good light in this film. Like, we really aren't, and that's good. Like, we shouldn't be. We are not the heroes of the story. We are the villains of the story, and, and that is good. But I did not know that the father of the atomic bomb was, like, such a fan of unions and was practically a communist. And I was like, do I kind of respect this man? No, he still killed lots of innocent people. But like, did he really the US government did? I don't know. I see, I'm very conflicted on how I feel. (laughs) But I was like, who knew he was so into unionizing?
0: (laughs) The more you know. Well, the more you know, I guess. I have like no interest. Andrew's like, we should go see Barbenheimer. And I'm like, I couldn't be less interested in a movie than I am with Oppenheimer. Like, here's the thing I don't listen to music by men anymore. I don't read books by men anymore. (laughs) I'm done with men. <laughs>
1: this movie, literally, it's three hours of, oh, hey, that middle-aged white guy actor that I've seen. And so like every two seconds, there was a new actor that I was like, hey, that white dude that I've seen in something else before. <laughs> like we literally walked out. Yeah. And that's what I said to Mike. And I go, it was just three hours of, hey, that white guy. <laughs> this is really what the movie yeah, could be called. Uh, also, no disrespect to Killian Murphy, who honestly is a phenomenal actor and did great in the role. But I have no desire to ever see this movie again. I think that Christopher Nolan is a pretentious hack and he literally cannot, cannot get through a movie without killing a woman to like advance the man's story. I I don't know why. (laughs) Even in historical pieces, he's like, I think he signed on for this because spoilers for a a man's life that he lived years, this happened in the forties y'all, but obviously, um, yeah, one of his lovers committed suicide. Again, spoilers, I guess, for Oppenheimer. Sorry, I don't know. Again, it's based off a real story. And so I, we walked out of the movie, and besides saying it was through hours of, hey, that white guy, it was also, I, I, I told to my husband, I was like, I think Christopher Nolan, because half the movies he makes that are fiction, you know, uh, fictionalized stories that aren't based on unreal on events like Dunkirk and now Oppenheimer um he kills the wife to to, the love interest to I don't know advance the plot I guess and I go do you think he saw that this guy who invented the bomb had a lover that committed suicide and was like that's it I'm sold I will write this story (laughs) so me and Chris Nolan don't get along but it's fine I saw the movie we did it we did the thing the score was beautiful I do love Ludwig I can never pronounce his name Ludwig Gorison is that how you pronounce it I don't know he's a great composer but yeah that's all I have to say about that (laughs)
0: Yeah, I have even less interest in it now. I'm all yeah. set. I don't need to see another sad woman being sad and some man being like, my wife, I'm good. And I
1: also, like, made sad, and we really are going to get on topic at any point now, I swear, that it was Florence Pugh who played the role because she's very, like like, mm, one of us, you know? And I was like, why did you agree to this movie? Like, she really doesn't have much of a part. Money. Money, yeah. Money is the great answer to everything. She's not in it much, and she dies. She has she commits suicide. That's her role. That's her role. So, and Emily Blunt, who I also like, and again, I was like, I don't like. Why did you sign up for this movie? She does have a good bit at the end, that kind of comes out of left field, to be honest, because they don't really set up her character as being this like strong ass independent woman. But she does have this good bit at the end. But that's about it. If you like, well, is written by a man, right? Yes. (laughs) Well. There you go. If you uh, if you like movies that have women in it, this ain't it. This ain't it. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of men. (laughs) Mm Hmm. I feel like we haven't recorded in twenty years. So when I first started reading the chapters this week, I was like, "Where were we?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, drama had just happened."
0: Yeah, I had to like go back and be like, "What is what's her name?" Um. Especially because I read the last two books of. The Accord of Thorns and Roses series this week since we oh, recorded yeah. so last. You've had
1: so much going in your brain. So much. Um,
0: highly recommend. But anyway, so Ruby uh, was abandoned by her alcoholic mother and is yep. now living with her sister and her rich husband. Um, she has a lot of issues. She's got a lot of trust issues. She's got a lot of abandonment abandonment issues she's got a lot of problems letting people in letting people take care of her asking for help and yes. the last thing we saw was oh she also works at the mall at a jewelry stand jewelry mm-hmm. ki- why can't i talk today jewelry kiosk yeah and um with harriet and her friend nate is their neighbor and he runs a like business where he's just runs errands for people and they're kind of building a friendship there though she's reluctant and the last thing we saw was Cora telling Cora his sister telling Ruby that she actually had been trying to get in contact with her for the past 10 years she did invite her to her wedding she didn't abandon her their mother lied and Ruby is Just like really not reacting well to this. And we, she's asked to
1: dive right into that basically here in this chapter. Yes. Uh, it was a big truth bomb was dropped. I probably shouldn't use yes. the word bomb after just talking about Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> a big truth. <laughs> a big truth thing. I can't think of another word now. Uh, we're just going to say bomb. It's a big truth bomb that was dropped on our girl Ruby. And she is like, what? My whole perception of like, basically my whole life has just been shattered. So that's a lot to take in for a, a, a poor girl. So whew. here she goes. She's skipping school, folks. Chapter eight. Our girl, Olivia, was all, because they were all like, oh, you know, I, I owe you or whatever. And so this is how Ruby's like, you can you can pay me back by meeting me at the quick zip. And um, I'm going to gonna go to the clearing, which is where we pick up here. Beginning of chapter eight, she slides into Olivia's front seat. Um, she goes to the quick zip, as she said she would meet her. And she's going to go drop her off over by Jackson. Uh, there's like a little clearing in the woods over by her old high school. I loved this. We'll get more into this in chapter 10. I don't want to get into my whole movie theater spiel now, but can we please mark it down, Cece, on the spreadsheet? Can you make us a spreadsheet of questions for our next time that we hang out with our bestie, Sarah? Uh, I now need to ask Sarah Destin, have you ever worked in a movie theater or known someone who worked in a movie theater? Because she also writes this from a perspective that I'm like, did me and Sarah Destin have all the same jobs? We'll get to that later though. But what I would (laughs) like to say, we find out, but Olivia works in a movie theater, and she gets all the popcorn that she wants. So there are a lot of popcorn tubs on her floor of her car. This is where I find it a little inaccurate. Yes, it is true that if you work in a movie theater, you can eat as much popcorn as you want. You are, like, if you come to the theater on an off day to go see a movie, if you bring your own, like, container to put popcorn in, you can just go get popcorn for free while you're going in and, like, enjoying a movie. You would never take a bucket or a bag, though. They count those. That is actually the expensive part is the cups the, the bags the buckets um that is what we do inventory on popcorn is dirt cheap to make so popcorn they give out willy-nilly you would never actually get it in the bucket though you would get it in like a bag or your own like tupperware that you brought from home so there you go that's your fun movie theater fact of the day
0: <laughs> well inside knowledge what it's like to work in well movie inside theater.
1: Well, it's not baseball but we'll get we'll get some more movie theater uh things coming up don't y'all don't you worry um so she's like yeah you know like you can get the popcorn you want and so she's like, Oh, okay. And so they pull out and they head to over by Jackson. And um, you know, Olivia's like, you can't just like go into school. Like you can't just go into their school. And she's like, Oh no, like I'm I'm not going to school. I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy it. So Olivia went to go pick up her sister, and this is where we get the very least, yeah, it's her sister, right? Her little sister, yes. Think, um yeah. Where we get our first cameo of that, like, there's so many. The cameos come, like, fast and hot today. They're so good. Um, so she's picking up her sister. Her sister is practicing for a 5K, and it seems like her sister, like me, is not much of a runner. So she's probably doing one of those, like, couch to 5Ks that wouldn't probably really exist at this point, but, like, something similar, like, to that. So she went a little too hard and, and she's in pain. So Olivia's coming to help her out, give her some Advil. And so she says that she saw that crazy woman, Kiki Sparks, on one of those infomercials talking about caterpillars and butterflies and potential and setting fitness goals. The next thing you know, she thinks she's Lance Armstrong. That did not age well. But <laughs> I was very happy to see my girl Kiki Sparks mentioned. Um, and apparently she's still, she's still at it. She's still at the you know, what, fitness empire that she had started to build back in yes. Keeping the Moon. So yes. so happy to see a Keeping the Moon cameo of all cameos, I mean, even if it's not the best character, but still, we but love it.
0: Still, we love it. Oh, So good. So much. Yeah, I love how yeah. her little sister is, like, able to get out of school because she,
1: her muscles are sore. Yeah, because she's in a little bit of pain. I'm like, wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine really doing that in real life? I was like, oh, all right, cool. Oh. Uh, yeah. Also, this brings up so many more questions. Lainey is clearly still at Jackson. Olivia is at the fancy school. And again, we kind of already figured out she's on a scholarship or whatever. But it's interesting that like, it's just, it's nice to have Olivia fleshed out a little bit more. You're like, okay, she has a little sister. Her little sister still goes to the old school. Interesting. Those are just fun little tidbits we picked up about her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so then she goes, she has um, Olivia drop her off at the clearing and this guy, Aaron, is there and Olivia's not really into it. She's like, are you sure? And Ruby's like, yeah, yep, I'll get out. And she's like, um, very worried about her. She's like, I don't really like this, but she drops her off anyway. And basically her and Aaron get twisted they get high they oh. get drunk it's the morning she's, time
1: she's not in good shape she is <laughs> really
0: not in good shape she is really going through it um but and then she decides you know what i need some closeness So she walks down to marshall's house it's very convenient that everything's a walking distance by the way right yeah um so she goes to walk she goes to marshall's rogerson's kind of cagey he's like oh i don't know if he's home i don't know if he's home and she's like, "It's fine. I'll just wait in his room." She goes into his room, and who's in there with him? But her friend Peyton. Ah, dun 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 dun. dun. And so then, her and Peyton get into a fight. She's like, "I can't believe you would sleep with my boyfriend." And Ruby, I mean, uh, Peyton is like, ah, "He's not your boyfriend, but I was trying to tell you, and you kicked me out of your house." So she's basically just like flipping out. She's like, you're my friend, like whatever. And Olivia says, oh yeah, she says, you don't need anything. Not a boyfriend, not a friend. You were always so clear about that. And that's what you got. So why are you surprised now? So she really hits Ruby where it hurts. I mean, she's dropping a truth bomb.
1: Yeah, to be honest. But still not at a very nice time.
0: (laughs) It's a bad time for it. It's a bad time for it yeah so she goes back to the clearing and she's drunk and high so she passes out and who comes to get her our Nate.
1: boy Nate. oh nay oh what a little which first of all Truly what a good dude. I know last week we talked about how Jamie is such a good dude, but Nate is like such a good dude that he, which, you know, we're kind of going to get to here. He heard from Olivia, This is where she, you know, he didn't see her after a passing period. He heard from Olivia that she dropped out there. He gets worried that he doesn't see her. So he goes and he drives. We'll learn in a later chapter, I think like 15 miles is what it is to go and find her. And again, I'm sure it wasn't like, it's a clearing in the woods and she was like passed out drunk. So, you know, it's it's a clearing. It wasn't like he was like trucking through the woods, but still he probably had to walk a little bit until he saw her because it's not like she was like sitting up and was like, oh yeah, hey, Nate. Like she was passed out, which again, like this entire couple pages where she's like drunk and like clearly not like when she was like laying by the car with Aaron, I, you know, I've read this book before. I know nothing happens to her, but I still was so nervous for her that like, and going over in a house with Rogers, like that just made me so nervous. And again, I know mm-hmm. that nothing bad happens to her, but I was just like, girlfriend, girlfriend, please. Uh, first of off, it's not a healthy coping mechanism to just go get blackout drunk because you had a bad day. But if you're going to like, please, do it in a safe space like i'm just so nervous that she just went in the middle of the woods and then went to the sketchy guy's apartment and was clearly not in her right mind i was like uh, uh uh so we all need a nate in our lives who will come and be a good dude and pick you up and put a sweatshirt on you and put you in his car and drive you home because yeah i was i was worried for our girl here it was it was stressing me out a lot
0: I was too. She was making, she made some bad decisions. Yeah. But also I love that he has Roscoe. I don't know something about that. It's yeah. just so nice.
1: It was so um, confusing too because when she first wakes up, she sees Roscoe and so for a second, like you don't expect it to be Nate because I don't associate Roscoe with Nate. I associate Roscoe with Cora and Jamie and so then it's like she's in Nate's car and I'm like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a second.
0: I read it, like, three times. So I was like, wait, it said that chlorine was the smell that she smelled. Yeah, But anyway. She throws up, obviously. She's just so... she's has got her hangover phase at this point.
1: She apparently has thrown up multiple times, and he's just, like, so nice about it. He's like, need another bag? And I'm like, this woman is throwing up in your car, and you're, like, being such a sweetie about
0: it. He's being such a sweetie. He's, like, just taking care of her no... No questions asked. You know, she doesn't know him anything. Nothing. Oh, so nice. And, yeah, so this is when she finds out that Olivia is the one who told him where she was, and he was nervous, worried about her, so he went and got her. And she says, hearing this, I felt my face flush. suddenly embarrassed to like, I was so desperate in needing to be rescued that people, strangers were actually convening to discuss it. My worst nightmare. I was with my friends. I said, actually, and he was like, yeah, well then they must be the invisible kind because when I got there, you were alone.
1: (laughs) Um, Good. It's a good little dig. I think. It is. Um, Well played, Nate. Well played. Ah.
0: But again we're seeing here Ruby is like, I don't pity me, like I'm fine, I can take care of myself when it's like it's been we've already seen that she can't take care of herself. But yeah,
1: you know what 17 year old can. So Yeah, would you would you have liked to be left in the woods, passed out there, girlfriend? No, no, take the help when you need the help. And in that moment, you obviously needed help.
0: Yes, but she couldn't she couldn't handle it. Um Also, Aaron just like left her there, passed out. Like,
1: what the fuck? What's wrong with you, dude? Not a good dude. No.
0: Yeah. So Nate's like, it's okay. Like, it's over. We're going to get you home and everything's going to be okay. And she kind of flips out on him and she's like, you wouldn't understand. You couldn't even understand. He's like, try me. She's like, no, it's not your problem. He says, we're friends. And she's like, stop saying that. It's not true. We don't even know each other. You just live behind me and give me a ride to school. And he's like, all right, fine. We're not friends. So she's like really pushing him away as much as she possibly can. Like she mm-hmm. she might as well tell him to fuck off.
1: Yeah. And this totally goes back to her whole, you know, we talked about this last week a little bit. It, her and her mother have that in common. Like they have been left so much that they don't want to be left again. So they'll just push yeah. people away. And she has her defenses, like her walls, are up so 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 high like Nate has done nothing but been kind to her and that I think terrifies her because she's mm-hmm. like we could be friends or you know maybe more and <laughs> she's mm-hmm. like but everybody always leaves me I no 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 so yeah so she's just like okay rich boy sure tell me about your problems you know whatever and it's like kind of pulling that card right now when it's like sure do rich people have a lot of problems no but everyone does like Nate says like everyone has their you know everyone's messed up and it's like yeah it's true like everyone you don't know what shit people are going through you know so I understand that she's upset but yeah she kind of her her hackles are raised so to speak
0: yes for sure and this is when she tells Nate she's like my mom abandoned me she packed up and took off while I was at school I was living alone for weeks and now I'm with Cora and he says, I'm sorry. And she's like, that's not why I am telling you. <laughs> Basically. Um, and yeah, she's like, Oh yeah, that's my house. That was my house. And he's like, Yeah, I know. I know that was your house. And so they pull up to Cora's house, and she can see that her and Jamie are both home. And she goes inside and It's not Cora that's pissed at her. It's Jamie. Jamie is yelling at her. He is like, how dare you? Do you know how worried we were? Do we even care? He's like, this is what you do after we take you in, put you in a great school, give you everything you need. You just run off and get wasted. And he like really flips out. He's like, he's pissed. He's like, your sister who fought to bring you here, even when you were stupid and resisted, she doesn't need this mm-hmm so he's getting like real protective of his his lady he's, yeah I can, I'm like
1: oh which like yeah. it's kind of part of me was like Jamie you're being a little rough on this girl she's like really going through it but then also I was like no I see where he's coming from and again Cora kind of says this too like Cora like this is what Cora and Ruby know like Cora's not surprised and she's like really gentle with her because like she expected it but for Jamie, this is very crazy. Like you don't do mm-hmm. that to people. Like, cause again, like he would he could not fathom doing that to somebody that he loves. And I he, obviously he very much loves Cora. And I think he's very much beginning to kind of love Ruby in a way as well. You know, like he is kind of beginning to see her as a sister. And so to him, he's like, I would never hurt her. Why would she do this to me? Like he's he's taking it very personal because this is something he's never experienced. And I Kind of love this scene. Like, I love that, like, Cora is the gentle, rational one when usually it's Jamie. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is just like losing his ever loving mind and is like defending his wife and is like, you know, your sister's done so much for you. And like, you know, and he's kind of, he's, he's upset. And like, I think he does have a right to be. And it's like, yeah. he's upset in this very, like, understandable, very human way. And it's just mm-hmm. like so funny how he just like doesn't. Get it, you know what I mean? Like, Cora and Ruby get it, but he doesn't get this because, like, that's not what family you know. So much of this book is what does family mean to you, and like, that's not what family is to Jamie. And I i just think that that's it's just a, a very fascinating scene. There's one thing, too, before she goes in and like gets the <laughs> talking down from Jamie of all time, which is Nate says, Um, hey, and for what it's worth, friends don't leave you alone in the woods, friends are the ones who come and take you out, and it's like. Yeah, first of oh, all, great man. line. Second of all, mm-hmm. damn right. Like surround yourself with people who are going to trek miles to go find you from the woods and put a you swim sweatshirt on you and take you home and not the people like Aaron and Peyton and Marshall who could give two flying fucks about you. So yeah, surround yeah. yourself with people who will take you out of the woods for sure. But yeah, it's yes, just cool. Yes. Whole- this whole bit with Jamie, I'm just like, oh man, he's so, he is upset.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cora's like, I'm sorry, he, she's basically like, he has a really healthy family who communicates.
1: <laughs> and like, she's like, they, they, would, they would have talked this all out. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't understand. She's like, they talk about, she like so. there's a line where she says like, they talk about everything or whatever. Yes, and- yeah. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't, this isn't a thing that he understands. (laughs) Not at all.
0: But he also says like, who he's like, I mean, what kind of person just takes off, disappears, no phone call, not even caring that someone might be wondering where they are. Who does that? And she's like, and and, you know, silence follows. And she's like, my mom, like in her head, she's like, my mother would. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, this is when she kind of has this like moment where she says, She's like, oh my gosh, like I am turning into my mother. Um, it was almost a relief, this specific truth. I wanted to say it out loud to him, to Cora, to Nate, to everyone so they would know not to keep trying to save me or make me better somehow. What was the point when the pattern was already repeating? It was too late. Ugh. Uh, oh my god! It's not too late. You're only 17. Too late.
1: <laughs> you're a baby. In the, in the grand scheme of life, you're a wee little babe. You will... You have so much time to turn things around so much time.
0: But Cora kind of comes to her rescue. She um, takes her upstairs, gets her showered, gets her dressed and puts her to bed and is just like, just go to sleep. And when Cora reaches her hand out to her, she says, perhaps I was just like my mother, but looking up at Cora's hand, I had to wonder whether it was possible that this wasn't already decided for me. And if maybe, just maybe, this was my one last chance to try and prove it. There was no way to know. There never is. But I reached out and took it anyway.
1: Yes. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta take that first step. You can do it, Ruby. I have faith in you.
0: You can do it. You can do it. Ah. I always think of this quote and I hate that I think about it because it's J.K. fucking <laughs> Rowling, and damn her. Uh, but she has that quote that's like, "Rock bottom is the foundation of which I rebuilt my life," or something yeah. like that. And that always, like, I always think about that. I'm like, you know what? That's inspiring, even yes. though you took that and, and made a house full of turfs.
1: Yeah, that part not great, J.K. But yeah, still a good quote. <laughs>
0: yeah still a good concept
1: still a good concept just don't if you rebuild your life from rock bottom don't turn into a turf but other than that yeah good stuff good good stuff good stuff <laughs> <laughs> chapter nine baby oh my god look at us we're right. Thri- did I, I take you all in the dissertation of watching Ed Sheeran live for like 20 minutes maybe but we threw, flew through that first chapter so I'm still proud of us
0: i'm very proud of us
1: chapter nine let's get it she comes downstairs jamie is out by the pond he is still hurt to say the least he is still pissed giving her the cold shoulder and she's like i don't know what to do they're also talking about um she talks about how when it gets cold the fish like burrow down because that's how they like preserve themselves during winter and so she's saying like it's dark and you kind of can't see And so Cora says, he's not going to come to you. And she's like, you're going to have to go to him. And she's like, uh, and so she says, I can't, he hates me. And she's like, no, he just disappointed you. And she's like, with him, that seems worse. (laughs) Like the last thing she wants to do is disappoint Jamie, which is, yeah, it's, it's understandable. This I think is where she kind of explains that like, she's like, sorry, their family is just healthy and they communicate and they're, you know, um, so you're just, you're going to have to kind of go to him and explain yourself, um, So she says that she kind of talks about like last night, how she, you know, went to bed or whatever. And um, Jamie comes in at this moment. He basically is like, hey, Cora, and just like cold shoulders her and heads out. So she's like, oh, yeah, I done. I done really messed up. And so she's like, Cora tells her, you know, he'll work things out. He's just really hurt right now. She's like, I really didn't mean to hurt him. And then she says, um, I said, as a lump rose in my throat, I was suddenly embarrassed, although whether by the fact I was crying or crying in front of Cora, it was hard to say. And I love that, like, the fact that she disappointed Jamie is really upsetting her. Because it's like, yeah, see, this is what making connections is. It, like, you feel for people, and that's good. That's a good thing. Empathy yeah. is good. <laughs> but I think yeah. to her, she's like, what is wrong with me? Why is this, like, making me want to cry? And it's like, no, that's, that's what we call growth. So we're proud of you, Ruby. Yes. And she kind of gets the um, the okay, here's here's your punishment. Like we do need to to talk about this. And and Cora's kind of like, hey, I'm sorry that what I did sort of put your life on kilter yesterday. And also, I'm sorry that I didn't try harder. Like I, I really could have. And Ruby basically tells her, like, no, you know, you did, you did everything you could have. Um so she says. Um, I know what happened yesterday. This is Cora. She was like, "Uh, I know what happened yesterday. It was emotional for both of us, but you're doing drugs or drinking. That's unacceptable. It's a violation of the agreement we arranged so you could come here. And if the courts ever found out you'd have to go back to Poplar house, it cannot happen again. So she kind of gets her, her punishment and they kind of have a little conversation about their mother and about these, you know, revelations that came to be. And I think that Ruby says something that Cora has probably needed to hear a very, very long time, which is she's talking about, you know, maybe I could have found a way to take you with me, rent an apartment or something. And she goes, Cora, you were only 18, which, yeah, exactly. Like you were a child. You already basically were a mother way before you ever had to be when you were growing up. Like you can't move mountains you were a kid you were 18 and I'm really happy that Ruby said that because I think that this is something that has been obviously weighing very heavy on Cora for a long time so I'm glad that they could clear the air a little bit here yes yeah this scene was
0: great um They, they really like get an understanding of each other. Cora gets to kind of say like, I don't feel good about what happened, you know, and Ruby gets to see that and understand that and forgive her in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, and then she asks her what she said to her mother that day that she left for college. And she said, I told her that if I found out she ever hit you, I would call the police and that I would be that I was coming back for you as soon as I could to get you out of there. She reached up, tucking a piece of hair behind her ear. I believe that, Ruby. I really did. I wanted to take care of you. Oh, Cora. So sad.
1: It's so Aww. sad. And it just makes so much sense, like, why her mom kept... Yeah. I, like, I think she knew that Cora meant business, and she was like, I I can't lose this daughter. And so, yeah, she started moving them around and stuff, but... <sighs> it's
0: right. heartbreaking. Right. And she did hit her, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I kind of got the the vibe that, I mean, she definitely hit Cora, we know that much, but I think once Cora moved out, she did kind of uh, start, she didn't have anyone else to take some of her drunken anger out on.
0: Hmm. <sighs> but she, you know, Ruby's like, it's okay. And she's like, it's not okay. But now here, I have the chance to make up for it. And that's what she wants to do. And she's like, you have to let me okay and ruby says the night before i'd offered up my hand now if i held on there was no telling what it was there was no telling what it was possible to receive in return and it's like yes yes you are rebuilding your life
1: from rock bottom we love that we We love that. that And then she's like, Do you think mom's okay? And Cora says, I don't know. I hope so. And so she says, you know, probably to anyone else, they'd be surprised that both of them would hope that but they understood. And it's like, yeah, because at the end of the day, like, for the longest time, that is the only connection that they had, like, it's still their mom, and they still have some happy memories. Like, is she a terrible mother? Yes, absolutely. But it does make sense at the end of the day. I think both of her daughters maybe don't want to be in her life ever again, but hope that she's like, okay, wherever she is.
0: Right. Right.
1: She says for all the
0: coldness, her bad behavior, the slights, and outright abuse, we were still tied to her. It was like those songs they'd heard as a child. It's so familiar. All mine. And she's saying like, you know, now that I'm older, I can understand that my mother was abusive and an alcoholic, but, um, She's, you know, still, still mom, Yeah, still that, you know. So then she sees Nate outside and she goes over to his house and he's putting bags together for an event. And what is the event for? Oh, it's just for queen homes. Let us build your castle. So
1: no big deal. We got another cameo. And I love this cameo a lot for many reasons. One, the fact that it's a cameo to my all-time favorite Destin novel. Two, the fact that we don't even see her. We do not see uh, her mom at all. Why can't I think of what her mom's name is right now? Deb? I think it's Deb or Queen, right? Anyways, I don't, I'm I not so. sure. It's, I've lost it now. I apologize, everyone. But... We don't even see her, but this is actually this little paragraph is honestly great character growth because as we know at the mm-hmm. end, she's about forever. She was saying that her mom was trying to balance work and life a little bit more, spending more time out at the beach house you know, talking about their dad, all that kind of stuff, kind of delegating certain things. So the fact that she's not the one at home with Macy putting these little gift bags together for their next open house event is character growth. And we love that. And I love that we got this little cameo and character growth moment in a scene that literally no actual character from the Truth About Forever appears in. It is just them packing up little goodie bags for one of her events. And I was like, that is brilliant writing that like you're like oh yeah she's doing it like she's you know doing a good job at at work-life balance and we don't even actually ever have to see her like that's crazy that's great brilliant sarah you're a genius
0: (laughs) sarah we love you we can't say enough
1: enough good things just the best
0: (laughs) you are just yeah that that was really amazing um And I want a chocolate house Yes, So if I could have one of those, that would be great.
1: I love chocolate anything, but it just seems really adorable. And Nate does share one with her, which is really adorable. And she kind of comes over to, well, she brings him the sweatshirt and then kind of starts helping him pack these little goodie bags. But she's basically trying to come over to, I don't know, extend the olive branch, I guess would be the best way to put it. She says, um... You know, he says, I wasn't trying to embarrass you by showing it was I just thought you might need help. And she's like, clearly I did, which, what? Get it, yeah. girl. You admitted it. We love that yeah. for you. And she's like, if you can't, if you hadn't come, who knows what would have happened? And it's like, yeah, exactly. So that just makes me so happy. And then he asked her a question that kind of throws her, which is, <laughs> what was it like living alone? And she kind of explains to him, like, honestly, at first it wasn't that bad. And then, of course, because she was a 17-year-old girl who was trying to go to high school full-time and work her mom's job and pay bills and do all of that stuff, it she she couldn't keep up, and it it kind of turned into a disaster. Um, but yeah, she, he kind of throws her with that question. It's not what she was expecting. So she just kind of tells him the truth. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we get... The one, the only, Mr. Cross yelling Mm -hmm. at Nate to hurry up. He's not moving fast enough, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Why aren't you helping him then? If You're so far behind. But of course he's not. He's just yelling because that's the kind of guy he is.
1: And do you think... Do we think he pays Nate? Because basically he says like his dad runs this business by himself with the help of Nate because he seems like one of those dicks who is such a rich person that like how dare he hire people to, you know, like, because that would take from his money. Mm-hmm. So I was like all the things right. that Nate does. Like, again, Nate's one of those people who I think like doesn't have time to be a teenager because he's so busy doing this. I'm like does he get paid for this or is his sad? like one of those people that's just like i put a roof over your head that's your payment you little ungrateful shit
0: <laughs> yeah exactly like i paid for your right. school blah 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 i do all the basic necessities that i have to do yeah. as a parent be grateful i signed up for the <laughs>
1: yeah like what but anyway terrible i'm just so curious about that it's i don't think it's ever stated but just something i thought of
0: Ruby's like I owe you and he's like you don't owe me but that's her thing she's like she feels like you have to do like a one for yeah. one like a tit for tat like you have you can't be like indebted mm-hmm. to anyone even though just friends that you just friends are just friends like you just do things for each yeah. other you don't keep score but he's like okay well you'll get me back we have time and so then they go out there to where Mr. Cross and he's starting to yell at Nate. But then he sees that Ruby's standing there. So he gets real creepy. He gets really so uneasy weird. or she gets really uneasy. He like puts that fake smile on. He's like, oh, your brother-in-law, there's some news. He might be going public soon with his company. And it's like none of your business. And she's like, I honestly have no idea. Um, Because why right. would she, by the way? <laughs> Just saying like she's 17 um so yeah he's wicked creepy he's just like staring at her giving her the creeps and so she leaves Ugh.
1: he gives me the creeps so i don't blame her for being disturbed yeah. by him
0: yeah he gives me the creeps as well
1: i feel for you nate and you're just such a good guy with a really good outlook on life which yeah. we're about to get to and a wee bit he also
0: says that he has he loves his U swim sweatshirt because there's no way he's going to be able to go yeah. to university, and um, it's because he's not swimming anymore. And of course, we don't know why he's not swimming. He says he did it in Arizona, but he doesn't do it here. He doesn't like it as much. Um, but yeah, he's not even going to be going to college. He's just I'm sad for you. Going to be stuck with this dequan
1: with of a father,
0: <sighs>
1: Nate. You deserve so much better
0: you deserve to go to the university and swim
1: yes swim little buddy swim (laughs) (laughs) you can do it Uh, she is back at work and she's kind of double working she's working on her school assignment while she's at work she's asking harriet and reggie we ship it um what yeah. family means to them. Which we have a little bit more and tell about Harriet and Reggie this way. Harriet says not speaking. Reggie is just baffled by that. And Reggie, of course, because he's like this nice chill dude, was like, comfort maybe, history, the beginning of life. And so we find out that I guess um they're both kind of the black sheep of their families. Her parents, Harriet's parents, I guess, she has many siblings. She's, like, one of seven, I believe, and her parents are, mm-hmm. like, doctors. And the fact that she, like, didn't want to go to med school and just wanted to make jewelry, like, she kind of got shunned for that. And then Reggie's, like, oh, yeah, same. Like, you know, my family's very suburban. My father sells insurance. Mom teaches first grade. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the black sheep or whatever. And um, so I just liked getting to learn a little bit about them, and a little bit of backstory. And then... He says, oh, she talks about, this is funny, Um, Harriet says, you know, she lived in this really big family. Um, Everyone has an opinion whether you want to hear it or not. I've never done anything all on my own before, whether uh, without their help or input, it was liberating. And so Reggie's like, you know, that explains a lot. Because as we know, Harriet, much like Ruby, is not good at taking help. Or assistance of any sort. And so uh, that was just a funny little dig from Reggie, which I appreciated. And of course, she's all like, what's that supposed to mean? He's like, nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, we just learned about like the endless cycle of her family's like silent treatment and you know ruby's just kind of taking this all in and running it down for her assignment when harriet says incoming and we get two of our favorite people of all time we get my girl christy immediately so again i remember this cameo because how could i ever forget something that bert is in because as y'all know bert is my boy but immediately like the first time i read this book even When she just starts explaining what the girl is wearing, I was like, it's Christy. It's effing Christy. No one else would be wearing that but Christy. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, she says that the boy is wearing it. And the Armageddon Expo 06, are you ready for the N shirt? And I was like, ah, it's my boy Bert. And I love that he's still a weird Armageddon truther.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love his little Armageddon obsession.
1: Oh, my God. He's so cute. and. In typical fashion Christy is out here helping Bert with a girl and like they're buying a gift and he wanted to get her a Persian cat sweatshirt (laughs) and he doesn't understand why that's wrong and I was like honestly Bert I'm with you I think that would be a great gift to give someone and Christy's like no you gotta get jewelry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he had like a little girl friend or something yeah the he in group i yes. think
1: so it's like i assume it's her still i don't know is it a new I, I it's never stated but i'm gonna hope that they are still together and that's who he's buying a gift for but me
0: we'll too. see it's so cute but oh yeah God. she's like you know what christy's like you know what's perfect is your necklace it's a key and she's like, it's different. You can read it so many ways. And Bert's like, You want me to give her a key? And she says, I want you to give her a possibility. And that's what so and that's what the key represents an open door, a chance, you know? I know it is so Chrissy. She's perfect.
1: Oh, it's so I'm just so happy anytime they they're around they just make me so happy i like it when she's talking about what what a ring says how it says too much but earrings don't say enough he's like earrings don't say anything um they're inanimate objects and i was like oh Bert, bless you bless you Bert, and bless you christy already. and also this is the best pun of all time which is a switch our girl ruby is like trying to make this sound so she's like oh we don't sell this but like you could get you know the necklace here like a little chain here and then go over over there which why is there a kiosk that sells keys i don't know they've got keys over there and it is literally called key hyphen os because it's a kiosk Mm -hmm. that is a brilliant pun it's more brilliant when you can see it written down but it's it's very brilliant and beautiful they so that's what they they do and harriet like compliments her on like way to way to make that sale like they, we didn't have exactly what they wanted and you were still able to have them, which also the chain was only $15, which seems pretty cheap to me. But I guess it is a mall kiosk jewelry thing and not like a real fine jewelry store, but still I was like, oh, $15 chain. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, it's not like they're selling a 14 karat gold. Right.
1: <laughs> Probably, <laughs> so you know, what, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. So that oh, just made me so happy. That was my favorite cameo of all the cameos we got, but boy, did we really get some good cameos this week?
0: I know. I, I love loved it. that one too. And I love how Chrissy just comes in with like her fucking, uh, she just comes in with her like philosophy. She's like, yeah. a key represents the beginning or whatever. And it's like, oh, I love you. I Christy's
1: love you. on a whole nother level. Like she is yes. in, you know, 2038, while the rest of us are still here in 2023. Like she she's the moment she is everything and i love her
0: she she really is she's the best but then oh
1: here we go yes the drama
0: she sees a giant bird going towards cora's pond and she's like hell no i have to save these these fish this (laughs) motherfucker is not gonna get my my fish And so she like chases the bird away from the the pond and it's like this huge crane. And she's like, get out, get out. And then finally he runs away and she turns around and Jamie's standing there and she was like, it was a heron. It was in the pond. And he was like, I know. And then she said, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, She says, she apologizes to Jamie, and he says, okay. And then he puts a hand on her shoulder, and they watch the bird fly away. Aw, sweet moment. That was a sweet moment. Um, And that was chapter nine, we are We are flying, flying y'all. We, we are anything. thriving.
1: Chapter 10, baby. This is where I get real movie theater yes. nerd real quick. And... I just have to know. I have to know now. Did Sarah also work in a movie theater? Because there are certain things in here that are really spot on. Uh, so yeah, she starts, she's gone to meet up with Olivia. Because again, she's just like, you know, Ruby has turned a page in her life. She's like all about accepting help and like talking to people and reaching out to people. And so she's like, you know what? Olivia did a good thing. Nate did a good thing. Like, I want to make sure. And she's still kind of being in her old way, which like, I want to make sure I'm square with them. But like, in a slightly, I don't know, yeah. better way, I guess. So she just asks, um, so she goes and meets up with her at the movie theater, which is where she works. And Olivia is just like giving her some popcorn and she's like, do you want it buttered or not? And she's like, either is fine. And she's like, you're officially my favorite kind of customer. (laughs) And she's like, "Um, and also on like 99% of movie going population, which yes. Now, nowadays, the most movie theaters have their butter outside the actual concession stand. Back in my day, you buttered it for them. And she is not wrong when she talks about how particular certain people are about their butter and how much of a pain in the ass it was when it was like it, you know, the latest Harry Potter movie had come out and you're working at 3am and you have been busy all night and someone is like, um, can you layer my butter? And you're like, literally step on a Lego. Okay. No, I don't have time to layer butter right now. So I just loved the accuracy of the butter. We learned that a Olivia's dad is the manager. Also this entire bit about Saturday mornings being the kitty shift, 1000% accurate actually in the summer. Um, I can't speak for all movie theaters, but Regal's, at least back in the day, I used to work for Regal. Um, they did the, the kid movies in the summer. So it was like a summer series. They would play old movies um, for cheaper. And again, parents are just like desperate to get their kids out of the house and entertain them for a little bit. So they'd come and it was just, they made a mess in the theater. It was always a disaster, but kids are cute. <laughs> um, so you can't get mad at them. Cause it was better than like when yeah. drunk people made a mess of the theater and you're like, you do know better children do not. So That is all very accurate, the Saturday morning being that everyone just complaining about prices all the time about everything is the most accurate thing ever, and it's so annoying. And it's like, yes, we understand that this is all overpriced, but, like, what she says is true. Most of the money comes from concession stands, which is why I will never complain about getting something from concessions. Um, By all means, sneak in food and candy if you want. No one gives a damn. But I have A list, so I pay a monthly subscription basically for the movie theater. I love the theatrical experience, not as much as Christopher Nolan does. He's a real douchebag about it, but like a normal amount. And I want movie theaters to always exist. So I never have any qualms paying for overpriced concessions because that is what keeps the lights on at a movie theater. That is how they make their money. Please do not be mean to anyone. If you're ever going, to me getting my soapbox. If you're ever going to an opening weekend of a movie, please be nice to your movie theater staff. They are overtired. They are overworked. And yes, they also know that the popcorn is $8. They also think it's ridiculous. But again, that is how a movie theater makes its money. So yeah, be nice to them. Um, I very much always try. It's not so much a big deal here in, in Savannah because no one goes to a yeah. movie theater. It's wild to me. But um when I still lived in Orlando I we went to Disney Springs which was obviously a very very popular movie theater we would go a lot during opening nights and I always was like good luck to you guys I'm, I'm thinking of you this week like I always would like give them words of encouragement or um you know stuff like that um if you really really want to be nice to your movie theater staff you know they always say to like leave candy for bring candy to flight attendants bring candy to ushers because they live for that shit so if you wanna be really nice to your movie theater staff, you could if you're going on like a really big movie weekend, you know, so just something like just pass, like when Barbie opened, and if you wanted to bring them some candy, they would love you forever, trust me. So there you go. That's my my two cents. But a lot of the things that Olivia discusses in these couple of pages, I was like, spot on, did Sarah work in movie theater? Yes. I don't know. We
0: need yes. to know now. <laughs> I knew this chapter was gonna get you excited. I was reading it and I was like, Oh, uh, we're gonna hear movie theater things. <laughs>
1: We're going to hear a movie theater thing? I love it. Um, being a projectionist is by far the coolest job I've ever had. My favorite job of all time. I hated the movie theater I worked out because my general manager was an Uber bitch, to put it mildly. Like, the literally spawn of Satan, I think, is what this woman was. And you know I'm all about loving fellow women, and I try my best not to talk bad about women, but she was not a woman. She was the spawn <laughs> of Satan, okay? Like, it, it doesn't count. Um, She was terrible, but... I loved all the people I worked with. I really do think overall it was a really, really cool job. And being a projectionist is the greatest job in the world because I just got to play with film all day and I didn't have to deal with people. And it was great. Uh, It no longer really exists because film is no longer really a thing that exists. Everything is digital, unfortunately. but. What a great job when I had it, and this whole chapter just it brought me Pour back. Pour one out for the projectionist. <laughs> it was it was good. I could I could smell it. <laughs> Pour one out for the projectionist. It's a dead art now. And hey, again, I hate Christopher Nolan, but he did release this movie on seventy millimeter film, which means that this week or two weeks ago when it came out, people did have to actually build film prints again, which makes my heart very happy. Although I'm curious about that. Mike and I had a conversation about this so he put out 70 millimeter film 70 millimeter film um and 70 millimeters certain theaters I think in IMAX still have it um which the film barely fits on the platter they actually couldn't do previews because it's too long of a movie like to to put a trailer pack is what it's called with it so I'm curious somewhere like Disney Springs That has a 70 millimeter projection. Um, It's a really weird theater. You have to like enter it from the back. But anyhow, they have a projection in there that has 70 millimeter film. The rest of their theater is digital. Do you just keep someone on staff who knows how to like how you know what I mean? For every once in a blue moon, for basically when Christopher Nolan, the pretentious twat that he is, (laughs) sorry for anyone who's a Christopher Nolan, you got a lot of feelings for this guy. (laughs) But um, I really do, guys. I'm sorry. But anyways, um, the pretentious twat that he is. He is pro union though, as well. So thanks for that, I guess. Um, he did say some nice comments about the writer's strike, but anywho, when um, she is a writer, so that's probably why. But anyways, when he every five years releases a movie, and he's like the only person who releases things on seventy millimeter anymore. Him and Quentin Tarantino. Like, do you have to keep someone on staff who knows how to do do that? Because like, literally, projection isn't a job anymore. Like, it doesn't exist. Like the the You know, so I'm just so curious how that works. I'm just going to, next time I'm at Disney Springs AMC, I'm going to be like, what happens when Quentin Tarantino, also kind of a pretentious dick, puts out a 70 millimeter film? Who builds it? Like who on this building still knows how to build movies? Just curious. Also, if you need me, I'm available. (laughs) Give me a call. (laughs) I miss, I miss, I miss building movies. Give me a call. You don't have to pay me. I will like (laughs) literally do it for free. And they'd be like, ma'am, we're going to actually ban you from the premises now. We're a little bit concerned about your sanity. (laughs) I just love it, film, guys. It's really, it's great. It's I love that the for life. you.
0: Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so back at this movie theater.
1: <laughs> back to the <this> story. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: so she's like, so Ruby's trying to, like, pay her back, and Olivia's like, no, we're even, and she's like, well, I wanted to say thank you, and Olivia says, you already did, and she's like, well, I tried to say thank you, but you wouldn't let me. So they kind of have, like, that similar thing where they're like, you know. I don't want anyone to be indebted. I don't want to be indebted to anybody. I don't want to hear, like, thank you, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, she's hanging out with her while she sells movie tickets to mothers and their uh, little toddlers. hilarious that it's all (laughs) mothers. Isn't that Mm -hmm. something? Mm -hmm. We all know why.
1: So... (laughs) There's so many good Barbie jokes I could be making right now, but you haven't seen it yet, I'm so seeing I it don't tomorrow. want to ruin I'm it, it tomorrow. for <laughs> Okay. So, <Yay. laughs> I'm excited.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Olivia's like, I don't really even have any friends at Perkins. Ruby says, I don't either, and she's like, um, yes, you do. You have Nate Cross. He drove 15 miles to pick you up out of the woods. And she's like, that's a friend. And he's like, she's like, no, anybody would have done that. And Olivia's like, no, anyone wouldn't have done that. Did Olivia do that? Nate. Oh,
1: nate. You nate. T- 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 nate. You're such a little cutie. We love you. Not a boy. But Ruby says here, I'm
0: not very good at accepting help. It's an issue. And Yes, girl. Understand your demons. Learn about them. Get to know
1: them. This is Mm -hmm. love this. We do. That's the first step. This is you know, admitting you have a problem, as they say. So she's she has located the problem and hopefully is working on it and that's awesome. That's generally so awesome. The next day, or I don't know
0: if it's the next day, but in the next scene, she's at her house trying to study for calculus. She hates it.
1: <laughs> oh, this um, is funny. She
0: is like, everybody has their weak spot, something that brings you to your knees. Mine is calculus. But anyway, she's she's freaking out about calculus and Nate happens to walk in because he's doing he's dropping off dry cleaning for Jamie and Cora. And he's like, you should have Jarvis uh, <laughs> tutor you. And she's like, absolutely not. And he's like, okay, well, he's really good at it. This
1: whole but exchange is so funny.
0: <laughs> it is. He's like, she's like, uh, I I passed because of Jarvis. She's like, I'm not that desperate. <laughs> and he was like, didn't look that way when I came in. <laughs> um, And yeah, she's like, he's like you need jarvis quickly and she's like that's what i don't need and like i wouldn't want to be tutored by to Jarvis be honest either, so yeah i
1: feel like it. i will actually just fail calculus thank you so much for the offer though <laughs> but then she
0: says can you imagine actually asking jarvis for a favor not to mention owing him anything he'd make my life a living hell and nate's like oh right i forgot you have that thing she's like what thing and he's like the indebtedness thing you have to be self-sufficient can't stand owing anyone right And she's like, um, well, yeah.
1: Just like called out. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, oh,
0: this doesn't sound as good as I thought it did. Um, But he's like, well, let's go run, run errands. So she goes out on his, uh, his daily job runs with him.
1: And this? Because they're falling in love. They're falling in love. This is honestly very fascinating. Like the little tidbits that. So they, yeah. they, yeah, they're just going to like, they go, there's these cats that scratch the hell of them. They go drop off dry cleaning here, do this there. And she was saying like, it's so weird. He, he tells her that like, he honestly hasn't met most of these people. And she's like, that's so weird though. Cause you're in like such a private, like you go into their house and that is such a private like all these things he's discerned from these people that he's never met. And he, in his view, he's like, Oh, like, I don't really know these people. And she's like, you do though. Like, look at all of these like personal things you have, learned about these people from being in a very personal place of theirs and I just it's kind of a fascinating job to me I guess that like yeah I, lo- I love like all the little tidbits that he like picks up on people um he tells her so when they finish up the little cat one or whatever it's the one cat Lyle gets her really good and so he says <laughs> I love that she's like you don't have to do that, the whole positive spin on thing, and he's like, what's the alternative, he asked, hating all creatures, which I loved, but I loved his whole, like, he kind of tells her his whole philosophy, which is like, um, she's like, no, but you don't have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and he's like, you don't have to assume the worst about everyone either, the world isn't always out to get you, and she's like, in your opinion, and he said, look, The point is, there's no way to be 100% sure about anyone or anything. So you're left with a choice, either hope for the best or just expect the worst. And it's like, yeah, like, right on. Exactly. Like, the world is a really awful place. But if you go around thinking that every day, you're going to drive yourself mad. So you might as well be like, you know, I accept it. There's a lot of awful things out there. But there's also a lot of good things about humanity. And yeah, I just love I love that they're kind of like, ying and yang about this like ruby definitely expects the worst out of everyone and nate's like well you know it's a cat a cat's got claws and it's gonna do that like what can you do yeah
0: i'm (laughs) trying to be more like like nate but i am unfortunately a lot like ruby
1: (laughs) it is it is hard to be nate all the time i try my very best but i don't always succeed (laughs) no
0: i also want to say um she's like we're going to the pharmacy or the dry cleaners and when she says the pharmacy she's like (laughs) shocking how many people were taking antidepressants not that I was judging and I'm like that's so 2006 because in the year 2023 everybody's taking antidepressants and we're all talking and we're all talking
1: about it (laughs) I, you know and I love that I love that we're all just very open you're like oh what are you on oh okay (laughs) what's your dosage (laughs) yeah that line I immediately was like we're gonna just end up discussing this (laughs) one I was like oh yeah it's a very 2006 outlook how many people are mm-hmm. on which also though like it really does make sense like all of these people you know needing these errands run it's like yeah of course like their lives seem very stressful of course they're on antidepressants <laughs> you know if they need right. if they need these errands run for them there's a, it's, it's a Seriously. mad world out there okay there's a lot going on
0: also, there's no way he would have been able to pick up her Xanax prescription for yeah. her because you need to show proof of identification. Yeah. So
1: it's like also slightly inaccurate because you you yeah. would have to be or it, you have to be like you or like a significant other, like someone who like like Mike could pick yeah. up my prescriptions, but like yeah, you have to like sign for them. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm a bobber.
0: Like, yeah, they had they like write it down on a chart and stuff. Yeah. So I don't really know what the point of it is because people got addicted to opioids from getting surgery like every single day, but okay. But sure. Sure. Also this woman who takes Xanax, she has a bunch of pictures of Hollywood actresses in bikinis and a piece of paper above them in black marker that says, think before you snack. And I've been there. I've done shit like this. I know this was super common and that is so sad. Yeah, I hope we've all moved past that point in time.
1: I hope so, too. I hope that that's something that stays in, you know, 2006, 2008-ish, whatever. Before 2010 times.
0: Yes, hopefully. But so then he's like, all right, this next one is going to be really cool. And he takes her to this, like, high-rise apartment building. And they go upstairs. And he's like, it's a mystery. I don't know who lives here. The house is like pristine there's no personal touches at all um she's like well there's a root beer cap on the counter and he's like yeah i left that here the last time i was here as a test
1: <laughs> so like which i love that he did that's so funny to me I know. I, that's something i
0: would have done too right i'm gonna leave this so i love that but he's like it's probably a rental or some company owned thing for visiting executives which it probably is that is probably right. what it is but it's like does batman live here right <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they go out find and he rubs boyd's balm on her cat scratches
1: friends don't get e- give each other ginkgo they also don't rub boyd's bomb on each other's scratches so i'm just saying um yeah there's something going on here <laughs> there's something going on here and i love it but yeah she's like done you'll
0: be healed by tomorrow and she says that's optimistic and he said well you can expect your hand to fall off if you want But <laughs> uh, personally i just can't subscribe to that way of thinking which is funny because he's like he's like calling back to something she said about him and
1: I love it. Mm. Me, I love it. I also love mm. when they going back to the sweatshirt bit for a minute. I just remembered that he was like, "It's my motto," and she's like, "You swim," and he's like, "Better than you sink," which is kind is of just such a name. But <laughs> a, hey, it's funny. But also, you're like, "Yep, yeah, that's his like outlook on life. Like swimming better than sinking, isn't it?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> you swim. You sink. You
1: swim. You sink. And I was like, "Oh my God, bless oh. him." Oh. That's so funny. But yeah, but- dang, if he isn't right uh she says she goes home and at dinner she just like keeps um you know she was saying like when she first was trying to memorize like what the the key was and she kept like kind of like feeling for that she keeps like rubbing her hands over the scars and then um she said as if i needed to memorize them and maybe i did because nate was right But the next morning they were gone oh ah! i love that
0: Also, in this scene, she lays down on her bed and Roscoe comes in and does a couple of spins and then rests his head on her stomach
1: i love that her and Roscoe are really becoming friends that they're really bonding it's adorable like she's like oh the it's oven so must cool. be on <laughs> and she's like it's oh he's so gonna go cool. hide and then he just comes up which is also just just such a, a cuddle. such a dog thing they do every time they get on a piece of furniture like the couch the bed they just like have to do a couple little spins and then they're like I'm gonna rest here and it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. Absolutely adorable. But
0: that was it, guys. We we went through that in record. I'm honestly and proud I of was us. I'm so
1: proud of it. Guys, we're growing. Did we still go we're on growing. like eight can tangents? That's not a word. Tangents, yes, we did. But we were able to go on tangents and get all of our chapters in and like such a doable time today. Who are we? <laughs> Who
0: are we? We're great. Correctly. Um but yeah, we'll be back next week for more chapters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I realized looking at the schedule I posted that it's absolutely bananas. The dates are completely wrong, at least for this week. <laughs> um I don't know what the hell I was doing, but whatever.
1: Um you guys get it. Would you say we'll that it's cuckoo bananas to reference I say, Degrassi? <laughs> One of our- I would say it is cuckoo bananas. It's cuckoo Degrassi. bananas
0: new year oh, new page uh-huh. new year new look new page
1: oh, <laughs> all of those lines legitimately live in my mind run free and as a grown adult woman i say them in my daily life and people just kind of look at me like who is Paige?"
0: <laughs> i say this line from holiday in the sun the mary kate and Ashley movie. movie yes! literally all yes! the time and people are like what are you saying but i say I get what I want. And this winter break, I want Jordan. (laughs)
1: Megan Fox. (laughs) Megan Fox, yes. Megan Fox does that. that. What a great movie. Do I maybe know all of the, (laughs) oh, me and my sisters. (laughs) Sorry. We were in record time and now we're going off on weird tangents again. One more Mary-Kate and Ashley thing, though. Other weird things. Passport to Paris. The amount of times I watched that movie, I cannot tell you. And really any of the Mary-Kate and Ashley direct-to-video movies, I watched an insane amount. But um passport to Paris there's this weird offhand thing where they're like doing the dishes and it's back when and beginning of the movie they're still home and the mom very weirdly goes uh, 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 mine um when like whichever sister it is I can't remember I think it's Mary-Kate tries to take her dish and so me and my sisters do that like back when they used to do that to each other be like uh, 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 mine <laughs> and I will still quote that uh on the regular now and which and very weird times it like doesn't really make any sense but Yeah, and no one would ever have any idea what I'm referencing. But now all of you listening do. So if you ever hear me say that, Passport to Paris. That's what I'm referencing.
0: Mary-Kate and Ashley were so iconic. I just got – I
1: finally got, like,
0: a little box of the – the one box of things my mother kept of mine. (laughs) Um, And um, the Mary-Kate and Ashley magazines were in there. And they only did, like, three – Three of them before they stopped doing them entirely, but I have all three, baby. Damn you better treat. believe. As you should. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah. I, I owned every movie. I mm-hmm. was obsessed with them, loved them dearly. They had a clothing line at Walmart. Yes. I had those. Definitely. Clothes, you believe. Definitely had some of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are cool. I think scene. my mom
0: still uses my Mary Kate Nashley blow dryer, if I'm being honest. <laughs>
1: That's um, fantastic.
0: It might be lit- you might light on fire at some point, but it so it's
1: so good. But it's doing so all right. So, so, we'll call that a win. Well, I hope you all go use your Mary kate and Ashley. This time it is my husband that is coming in everyone. I my house is not haunted <laughs> or maybe it is beware of hitchhiking ghosts um honey mansion wasn't great it was all right i saw that too i've seen a lot of movies recently anyways oh,
0: i figured it was gonna suck <laughs> i was like that's not gonna be good
1: it's like the the guy the what's his name like the keith i think he's been he's in like um sorry to bother you and, and stuff like that he's great and the director had directed uh dear white people i think and so i like kind of had hope um because i really like the mm. cast but it. It's like a solid, it, like, Mike and I were like, it's good, not great. That's how I would describe it. Like, yeah. it's solid. Like, it was worth seeing, but, like, I'm not going to rush out to see it again probably anytime soon. But, anywho.
0: Was yeah. it better than the Tower of Terror movie?
1: Yes, and better than the 2003 Haunted Mansion movie, in my humble opinion. No offense, Eddie Murphy, but definitely thought it was better than that version of it. I don't know what Mike is doing. But, anywho, um, everyone go yeah. see Barbie. Or haunted mansion or probably don't go see Oppenheimer. Chris Meryl doesn't need your no, money. Don't don't
0: don't bother. Don't bother. You wanna feel joy in your day. What? You don't wanna be like, Oh, the uh. atomic bomb. You don't wanna be for-
1: sad. Go see Barbie. Barbie also Barbie. kinda made me cry though, but like in a good way. <laughs> But anyways, it's great. <laughs> and I loved it. But it didn't. No, it made me happy overall. Can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait for you to say it. I'm so excited. But anyways, everyone, enjoy your week. Take care of yourselves as always. And we'll see y'all real soon to read some more about Ruby's journey. And yeah, that's all I got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have a great weekend or whatever.
1: Yeah. Have a great week weekend. All the above. Enjoy your life. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm sure your life sounds so final.